Hi, everyone. Welcome to Game of Power. I am your host, Maxwell Murray, and today we have a very special guest, uh, creator of Shy Products, Kim Apani. Kim, thanks for having Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. So I kind of wanted to do this a little bit differently today and start in the present and see, you know, however far we can move back. And so I, I'd just like to begin by asking you, like, what you've been up to lately? What have you been working on? What you've been doing? So as of recently, um, for 2023, I've kind of just been trying to focus more on honestly, just like being, you know, an individual and really understanding the new side of my artistry as a young adult. And I'm about to turn 22 soon. So with a new rotation around the sun, I've kind of just been really kind of like trying to sharpen my skills, um, sharpen the saw, you know, type thing. And really trying to um, just chisel everything that I've kind of already done and make it even better. Um, I don't feel like I want to like reinvent the wheel with anything. So I've been really focused on just, just becoming a better me, to be honest. And then that is going to translate into anything I'm a part of. So yeah, a lot of different projects, but that's really, you know, the basis. I love that. And I feel like that's where everything starts. Like uh, there's this quote that I've been obsessed with recently that says like what you achieve inwardly changes out of reality. And I feel like it's hard to do anything on the outside, whether that's art, whether that's putting stuff out, organizing events, if you're not, you know, feeling the best on the inside, not always when on the inside. So that loves to hear when it, when you talk about, you know, being more of an individual and, and trying to, you know, do different things, like, what does that entail? And like, what, where, where are your thoughts about kind of not saying I'm a fashion designer, I'm an individual? What, what, what does yeah. that mean? For sure. I mean, as an artist, I feel like it's really easy to kind of like categorize yourself sometimes. And I personally am not fond of that. Like I've been called everything in the book because I do a lot of things, but I really just want to you know, be a well-rounded individual. Like I want to be just as book smart as I am creative. And I want to be just as intuitive as I am, you know, researching. So it's kind of like different levels to it, but I definitely have realized that the better that I take care of myself, the better that my art is. And as somebody that constantly has things going on, you know, even as an entrepreneur, it's like your mental has to be so sharp. You have to be so disciplined in order to do anything, you know, for, for the business, for yourself or anything. So I've been kind of just really focused on finding a good routine and a good system. Systems are so underrated for artists. Like I've been like really kind of getting into the nitty gritty of like how to sustain yourself, even when you have a good idea. So now it's like, okay, when the good idea comes now, I know exactly how to roll it out. I have the formula and it's just, you know, it's kind of like deeper than rap almost like, I definitely feel like, you know, there's an, an idea pool in the world and it's not necessarily about who has the idea first. It's about who executes it best. So that's always my like biggest goal is like trying to just be better than yesterday and trying to figure out like how to hit that good in between of like the creative world and the business world. I feel you. I feel you. I love how you talked about routine and systems and discipline because like for me, I I remember writing in my journal like a year and a half ago, like I have no discipline. Like I, mm. you know, I can't figure out how to consistently, you know, put on every single day. And 
yeah, I had this thing that would happen to me where when Wednesday would come around, my week would fold. And like Monday and Tuesday, I'd be good. But then Wednesday would come around and like my week would fold. And I was like, I just cannot live this way anymore. Like I can't keep doing this. I'm not going to get to the level that I want to get to if I keep doing mm-hmm. this. And so routine became like my sanctuary to to yeah. work on myself. And I feel like that for me started in the morning. And so like morning routine, like I know every morning, if I know every morning, no matter what, I'm going to go to the gym. When after I wake up, I'm going to write in my journal and I'm going to read a few pages of a book. Like that routine is the same way on as in like a basketball player where you have a free throw routine. And like yeah. you do that before you shoot your shot every single time. Um, I feel like that has like become everything to me. And so I feel like it's interesting for you to say that as an artist too, because a lot of artists kind of, in in my opinion, I hear them like kind of get a little, feel like routine might box them in. So how do you feel mm-hmm. about kind of your art and pushing out art and new ideas, but then talking about routine and systems? Uh, how, do, how do those like go together? Definitely. So that's that's a good question and honestly like i've kind of like been introduced to art in the non you know routine non-system way like my mom is like super creative and i've always been like you know able to express myself creatively but the older that i've gotten and basically creating a business out of my art is i think the biggest deal breaker it's like if you're going to be living off of your art then you have to be treating this like a nine to five almost. You have to be treating it as if it's, you know, basketball to a basketball player. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so much, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just so much deeper than just that creation or just the one project. It's like, you have to, like, I'm all about sustainability in general. So as a creative with sustainability and just business, it's like consistency is key. And with routine and system, you know what I'm saying? It's like it allows you to have those like creative, you know, jumps and those creative ideas, but then like consistently kind of like develop them and consistently push them out into the world, you know? So sometimes that was like as a young artist, like as a young adult in general, that was like my hardest thing. Like I would have cool, crazy ideas. I would want to do this and want to do that. And like I consider myself a visionary. So I always can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always there, but it's about executing it into the world and not just executing it in a way that you're comfortable with, but executing it in a way that's going to be even better than you would necessarily do it. So it's kind of like that strive for excellence, but also just that strive for sustainability. Like, it's not just about the good idea. It's about, you know, fully fleshing it out. And that's so important to me just because of like legacy and just that the aspect of the next generation. Like I'm trying to genuinely make my art teachable for others and inspiring for others. So it has to be, you know, it just has to be deeper than my idea. It has to be more more universal almost. That's incredible. That's Thank incredible. You. And and I love a lot of the the different things you just said. And I want to kind of go into you talked about kind of the difference between being an artist and then being like, oh, I got to treat this as a business. And so mm-hmm. I'm very interested to learn from you, especially for a lot of other designers out there that are struggling between that balance of art and business. What is the difference or what is that jump that you feel like you had to make mentally to treat it like a business? Definitely. So art is anything. 
you know, you are expressing yourself, you can be doing it in so many different ways. And I knew really early on, I'm like, I'm an artist. Like, you know what I'm saying? I definitely, I am going to express myself every day in some sort of creative realm. Now, also, I've come from a long line of entrepreneurs. So I've always been taught to just like hustle, you know, make it work and, uh, you know, just get the point across, essentially. So meshing those two worlds has been honestly an obstacle, to be honest. It's not always easy, but it's about marketing, you know, yourself. And it's about making yourself, you know, like simple, but obtainable almost you know what i'm saying it's like almost digestible so it's like there's so many emotions that you know somebody can go through but there's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of things that you can express that somebody else can relate to so then that's just as powerful as an invention of a product like hey i'm, I'm creating something to solve a universal problem in the world that's like the best type of entrepreneurship is when you're filling a gap so also with the best artist, you would be filling a gap, essentially, of like, okay, you know, there's something that, you know, everybody's experiencing that I found a way to communicate. So I'm always trying to figure out, like, okay, how am I staying true to my expression and how am I really getting my emotions out? But then how am I going to market that to the world so that somebody else can be like, oh, wow, like, she did it a good way. Let me do it better. And that's always my thing, too, is I want somebody to do it better. So I'm going to have to present it in a way that's digestible for more than just Chicago people or more than just New York people. It has to be like I want to be an international artist. So even just considering language and considering like, you know, so many other things that come into the realm. It's like, honestly, art and business are more alike than people think. It's just about staying true to the art and then staying true to the sustainable business idea. You know what I'm saying? Like authenticity is the only way to do it. So I think it also is just like kind of in my genes. Like my mom is super entrepreneurial. Like I've always been taught to like, okay, like you are the boss, like create something and you handle it. Don't, don't go work for anybody else. Like you go figure it out. So even just in you know having that embedded in me, it felt like there was no other way. Almost like, <laughs> okay, if I'm creating something, then I should figure out how to make it you know important to somebody else's life. And that just so happened to be through you know a business. So yeah, that's incredible. Thank you. I've been playing around this concept lately, where I've been saying, don't start a business, don't start a brand, start a revolution. Yeah. And it goes into what you said in terms of solving a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're an artist or whether you're a business person, everything roots from sol- solving a problem. So if you stop worrying about the business, which is often c- conceptualized with making the money, or if you stop worrying about the brand, which has to, you're thinking about marketing and pushing this out and doing things that are other than creating. Yeah. If you just focus on the revolution, then you're taking a people that have, you know, a set of problems and you're saying, well, this is my manifesto on how I'm solving those problems. Right. And I think like that marketing, the marketing aspect is the solution. Yeah. And then whatever you're actually selling or whatever you're actually creating is just a way for people to experience that solution with you. And so I think like people are overwhelmed by the concept of business and it kind of, it, it, it they, they maybe I can't play that game, but I feel like we can all play that game of, a revolution and just solving problems. And I love how you talked about 
your parents and how you feel like that's embedded in you. Kind of talk to me about that and and how they raised you and how you've kind of become this person with that mindset of I'm going to get better every day. I'm going to put out my creations and I'm going to do it in my own way. Definitely. So that was that was really well said. And I think, you know, it's it really stems in purpose. Like as a, a baby, I was very much reminded that my purpose on this earth with this life and this vessel is to continue to tell the stories of, you know, my family and continue to tell the stories of people that I have been around that are not able to, you know, continue to live out their story. And I am so passionate about my purpose. So passionate. That's where a lot of my energy comes from. Some people are like, eh, like, she, you got a lot going on. You know what you want to do. And it's just that. But I truly like as a kid, I've just, you know, identified myself as a humanitarian, like and just that aspect where it's like empathy is the glue. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the more that I've been able to understand myself as an individual, the more I understand that I'm no different than anybody else. Like I heavily believe in the philosophy Ubuntu and Ubuntu is a South African philosophy of just like I am you. You are me. We're no different. And I look at animals like that. I look at the, the nature like that. Like all of that is just like that level of frequency. Like we're all really the same thing. We're all trying. So how can I make this experience a little bit better for somebody else? And I think that, you know, business is just transaction. It's just a system. It's just, you know, it's a simple system. And when you break all of this shit down, all of it is just interactions and experiences that you're having in the human, you know, experience. So it's like just bringing all of that down to why are you doing this every day? Why are you here? Why is, you know, why are you the way that you are? Who are you? You know, it's kind of like, I know it kind of can, can be real for like philosophy kind of based, but keeping the purpose in mind is the way that you keep it going. It's like the fuel of the treadmill. And when I wake up and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I think of my last name or even just my first name. I think of my parents. I'm like, okay, I have to do this to make them proud. I have to do this for my grandparents. I have to do this for my great, great grandparents. And even just that aspect of purpose, you know, identifying my purpose early, it just makes everything else kind of like fall into line where it's like, okay, like I'm not doing this for the money. I've never done it for the money. The money is going to come. And anybody that's really passionate about what they're going, you know, what they're doing. And if they're doing it for the right reason, then the money's going to come regardless. So it's like, I always keep in mind of, you know, just that bigger goal where it's like, I would rather influence somebody or make somebody's day better than to be married to a certain amount of money. Like, oh, I have to get this. I think, you know what I'm saying? So it's about putting the energy into the world that you want to see. Like I've always wanted to be, you know, that person that somebody can relate to instantly or somebody can feel approachable to, but also in that level of like, Oh, you're, you're a valuable piece of the world that I can, you know, learn from. So it's about being who you want to see and in any type of realm, business, artistry, like, you know, I always wanted to be somebody that, I was going to be happy with and look up to. So then every single day I embody those traits. I'm like, okay, what's somebody that I can look up to? The person that I can look up to is the person that's going to get up in the morning when the sun comes up and handles their fucking business. Like it's just that simplicity of like, you know, 
uh, emotions are so fleeting. You have to break it down to the principles sometimes. And I'm so passionate about the principles that it makes my purpose fall in line, you know, so well. I, love, I, I think that's so well said because <laughs> it goes and that completely explains why you're on this route now to even express your art in different forms. It, because a lot of people think about what they do instead of why they do yeah. it. And so if you think about what you do and then you try to go into why you do it, you can say, well, I'm a fashion designer. And then I go down, okay, well, I, I'm a fashion designer because I make clothes. And then I, you know, then my purpose is to, you know, spread love or whatever, right? Yeah. But when you look at it from the opposite way, you said, well, my purpose is to be a humanitarian. I want to serve the world. And then the how and the what that you're doing that by mm -hmm. is completely, doesn't it doesn't matter because it can be art. It can be painting. It can be sculpting. It can yeah. be music. It can be podcasting. It can be this conversation right, right here. So a lot of the time I feel like people are caught into the what, which is the labels that you produce. But if you start from the inside out, then those different forms of art mean nothing. Like for me, yeah. I always thought like, my what like I found my purpose and I was like once I understood that I was like wow hold up now like Kobe has this quote that says once you once I found my purpose I wanted to be the best basketball player of all time the world became my library to help me become better at my craft every conversation every single action that you do helps you fulfill that purpose in another way and then you can say oh wait I don't have to only do this one thing I can you know, make a podcast, I can write a book, yeah. I can, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So I definitely love how, how you phrased it that way. Thank you. So tell me this, what do you feel like, how did you kind of get into this? How did you start? What was the beginning of, of you being an artist? Like when did this, what as a kid led you to being here right now? So Let's see. I think I was maybe like in fifth, fourth to fifth grade and I had just transferred schools and I had went from a predominantly black school to a like super diverse language academy. And I kind of had like this like mini identity crisis at like 10, 11 years old because I'm just like, yo, like my whole world my whole environment has changed i can't you know kind of like coast through the school and be a certain type of way i have to like really identify you know who i am as a person and i am so grateful for that level of consciousness at an early age because it made me kind of like really buckle down on like what i wanted to do like you said like just that what and that's really when the dr pepper cans came out where it's like, oh, I am a dancer, or I am this, or I am um, a, a basketball player, you know, some type of stuff. And I was looking at these cans, and I'm just like, none of these relate to me. Like, I don't, like, I remember being in, in fifth grade and just being like, what's my Dr. Pepper can? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that? What's that what that I want to do? Like, yeah, I kind of know why, you know, at 10 years old. But what is the what? And at the best, at the time, my best friend was a dancer. So I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, she has her what, like, she's going to be doing it through dance, you know, this, this, that, and the third. So it kind of put a lot of pressure on me to figure out how I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And eventually, um, also, like, around that time, I had really gotten into poetry and just spoken word and just really kind of, like, developing more into, like, who I was. And I, I really took a, a keen eye to art. 
So then I quickly realized like, okay, I'm just going to be my, my doctor paper can is an artist. I'm just going to be an artist because I looked at the definition and it had that wide realm of mediums. So I'm like, Oh, I don't have to yeah. just, you know, do one thing. I can express myself every day through whatever I decide to. And that's the definition of an artist. So it's kind of like from that early age, I kind of just really established like, okay, I'm going to unapologetically express myself every day, whether that be through tattoos, whether that be through my hair, whether that be through how I talk, whether that be through how I maneuver through the world, how I interact with people. Like I'm just going to be unapologetically, unapologetically me every day and establishing that at such a young age, it made people instantly kind of like just, you know, understand that energy and kind of just attract this you know themselves to me so when i was doing poetry you know kind of more like around the grammar school type of time a lot of you know kids around me were like yo like you snapping like you're gonna be a poet one day like that's you know everybody's like you're gonna be this this that or this is that but it's just that level of like passion that they saw how i was putting my energy into something every day and I also was into sports really heavy. So it's like, I'm naturally competitive. I was playing basketball. I was <laughs> playing tennis. I was playing volleyball, literally five sports in grammar school. When I went to high school, I'm like, okay, let me like, you know, take something serious. And I really took basketball serious. You know, growing up in Chicago, basketball is kind of like that one thing where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to make it out through this. And I wasn't believing as much into the art. But then my sophomore year of high school, uh, I just kind of had like this epiphany where I was just like, you know, like basketball is not me being myself every day. I can't be myself every day. I have to play shooting guard. I have to play point guard. I cannot do everything on the court. And I just really identify myself as somebody that I'm, I want to play every position on the court. So I'm like, okay, let me go back to the art stuff and kind of figure out more how to express myself, you know, as I'm changing. So yeah, like, it's an everyday battle sometimes, you know, to be honest, like even as somebody that's in this society trying to, you know, have a prosperous future and have, you know, financial freedom, it's like art is not always going to kick it. So it's, it's really ever changing, but having that realization really early where it's like, I'm going to express myself every day. I'm going to release what I need to release into the world. And I'm going to be, like you said, just like a servant of humanity. Like I want everyone to be better. I want the world to be better. So, yeah. It's amazing how you, you came up with that so early. And I love how you transitioned from, you know, poetry to mm -hmm. sports. And you talked about all of the different influences around you. Even me, like I was like a football player, then a basketball player. Yeah. And basketball was like, my whole life playing AAU, traveling around the DMV, like DMV basketball is everything. And I feel like the area and the surroundings mold you into the person that you become. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Chicago and how Chicago added to all of the different, you know, passions that, that you have. Yes. That's my that's my heart. You know what I'm saying? I love my city so much. And it was really cool because as a shorty, like as a kid, I was just like, damn, I'm from Chicago. Like you understand you understand that level of legacy so early being from that city and i'm so grateful for that because it just made me and made me never want to play with myself like you see somebody like kanye doing his thing you see michael jordan 
you see like you know just all these different moguls and figures and you just like yeah like i can do that too so chicago is my why you know in a certain sense it's like it embodies everything that i'm about in a certain type of way just strictly because of how much history and how much energy is in that city period and that's why so many people are coming out of that city the way they are like even dirt you know her but all these you know musicians like uh, this that energy it's that unapologetic energy where it's like no we're gonna give it to you raw and we're gonna give it to you exactly how we want to give it to you every time so chicago has you know made me who i am to be honest and even when it comes to my brand shy products that it, it, it's it, in the it's in the name you know it's shy products so it's just like it's a constant reminder of what i'm doing it for and that it's bigger than me you know i always i use chicago as a constant reminder where it's like it's not about you know kim being you know famous and, and rich and this this that it's about tying back to the city so that the next generation of chicago kids can be like dig like you know, she made a whole brand off of, you know, our city and it's also benefiting our city deeply. Like I want to do something that not only, you know, goes that half of the circle, but then wraps back around into the city in a positive way. That is kind of like yeah. the biggest goal. And, you know, to be around Chicago and, you know, to have so many experiences that are life changing, it really puts things into perspective where it's like anybody from that city is seeing so many different things happen every day that it's like okay you have to release this you have to have an outlet you have to put it somewhere else you have to put that energy into something or for else it's going to go into the wrong things so you know i have my fair share of you know just being on bullshit in the city and that is going to only get you a certain amount of places you either are going to be caught up in a jam or you either are going to be you know in jail or something so it's like even having that realization so early of just like, okay, like if you do the wrong shit, then you're going to go to the wrong place. And uh, it also, it's a level, you know, it's just that, that flip side where it's like, if you do the right thing, then it's always going to take you to the right place. So it's made me everybody, you know, it's made me everything I am. And it's also just that level the, of authenticity. The one thing that, oh, my no, good. Go ahead. The one thing that you talked about that that hit me deep was when you said, and you mentioned this earlier in the conversation too, I want to be that person that people can look up to and say, oh, this is tangible. I can yes. do this. And you talked about how the different people in Chicago have, have set that bar so that other people behind them in the in the next generation say, okay, well, I can do this. And, and you even talked about how, you know, you don't only want to people to think like I can do this but I can do this better because I believe that like part of the reason why I can do something potentially better than somebody before me is because they put me on to that you know what I mean like I couldn't that they didn't have I they didn't have them like I have them so who are some of those people where they, they have you know crossed that level where you're like you know what they set a bar and like they're from where I'm from and you know what? I can actually do that. Like they give you that confidence to to do that. Definitely. Um, I think early on, you know, it was it was people like Kanye, uh, literally Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then maybe just like more historical figures, um, like Gwendolyn Brooks. 
And then as I got older and like, you know, kind of people that I'm more relatable to, I would really want to shout out to just Vic Mensa. Like that's one of my brothers and just seeing how he has navigated not only as a Chicago kid, but as a artist in Chicago, it always made it seem like, okay, like if he could do it, then I could do it. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Chance the Rapper too. Like that was always somebody that was like a great blueprint. And to see how, like I, I found out about Chance before he was who he was to the world. So seeing that development and seeing him grow was always so cool to me. Cause it's like, okay, you can be a hometown hero, but then you can go across the fucking world with that shit and still be who you are and still be unapologetic and be, you know, a light for people. So those people definitely have influenced me a lot. I think even just G Herbo, like the fact that he went from Lil Herb to, to G Herbo. And it, so many people were like, oh, he's not going to be like a, a international artist or a world artist. Like that man is a world renowned artist. Like, and he is yeah. spitting, you know, these, these bars that half these people don't even know. Like even for example, King Von, King Von did made 63rd huge. And it's like, as a Chicago <laughs> kid, you would never think, that you know your city or your block or your hood is going to be that big but it is you know what i'm saying you just understand the importance of culture so i'm so grateful for those you know select few artists i should have more women in there too i always be talking about some boys but i'm very thankful for those select artists that made me realize that okay our culture is internationally you know purposeful and it can go across the world in so many different ways so yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to them, shout out to them. So talk to me about you, and then you kind of are in a position where you're trying to put on for the next people. And so even like me, that can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, like, especially the journey of being an entrepreneur, or like, it's not, it's not always that happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Thing. So talk to me about maybe some of the, some of the failures, some of the, the, the problems that you have encountered, some of the times that you were down and, and what you've done to kind of get through those situations. Definitely, that's so real. So in order to do anything for anybody else, you got to take care of yourself. And I've really learned that this year. Like I have been living life the opposite my entire life. I'm like, yo, I'm just going to do things for other people. Like, because I know that, oh yeah, I'm a humanitarian and I know that you know, my purpose is X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to do it for everybody else. But that's not sustainable. So the more that you kind of like take care of yourself, always, you know, take care of inside, then the easier that is to kind of go out. And I've realized that any type of like hard day, any type of like, you know, failure, because I don't really believe in failures, to be honest, it's just a lesson. Any type of L that I took was really just to show me how to do it better. And I always kind of like embrace that aspect where it's like, okay, well, shout out to Glorilla. That's why I love tomorrow. Like I have another chance at this, you know, inshallah the next day. So, you know, understanding that failures are not the end of the world and that I'm not defined by my mistakes. It has made it so much easier to always kind of like retract that energy and be like, okay, this was not, this was not aligned with who we are, but let's do it correctly the next time around. But it always, like I said, it's just that individual, you know, like battle where it's like it all has to be here. 
And then once you get this together, then it's easier to be like, okay, like I'm going to bring that out into the world and I'm going to, you know, just be who I need to be for others. I have to be proud of myself in order for others to be proud of me. I have to be inspired by myself and other for others to be inspired by me. It's always just that constant circle where it's like, no, start at the center where it's supposed to be at and then go out. And understanding that as an adult is kind of like one of my biggest accomplishments of age. It's like, okay, it's that wisdom of like all this shit is is starting from your core and take care of your physical, take care of your mental, take care of your emotions so that everything else can follow suit. And I've really been, you know, understanding that now because I attract more than I chase. You know, I, I attract more than I chase. And that just goes to show me, too, where it's like there's no there's no else. Nothing is a coincidence. There's everything is ha- everything is happening for a reason. All of this shit is already written. It's about trusting that your legacy will be what it be, that your dreams are going to be that is what it's going to be. And then trusting yourself to constantly listen to that voice inside where it's like, OK, I know what to do. I'm going to just do it with my all. I'm going to do my best every time. So I never look at failures like anything. I just be like, okay, like I'm just going to do it better the next time. There's no such thing as a mistake. I'm just like, yeah, I just, I learned, you know, how to do it better. Facts. And I love how you talked about, it really does all start on the inside. And people say like selfishness is bad, but sometimes selfishness is good because you have to protect that part and you have to work on that part. And I feel like to give people a few tangible things, that they can work focus on on the inside. A lot of people talk about mindset. Yes. But mindset is only 25% of the yeah. equation. See, your your mindset is your thoughts, but that's not everything, right? And so one thing I love about Robin Sharma and the Five of Club, he talks about the four interior empires. And he says, mindset is 25%. Next is your heart set. It's mm. how you feel. Like you can't you can't create great art. You can't do anything else. If you if you if you feel bad inside, if your heart hurts, you know what yes. I mean. And that's even a a part of me that I've had to explore over the last few. Years. It's like why is working on your heart doing anything for your business? But really, that's some of the most productive things that you can. Yes. Do. You know what I mean. Next is your is your health set. Like part of the part of the way that you can become a legend is by longevity. You have to take care of your physical. Yes. You have to take care of your mental. You have to make sure that you're alive. Like. Health set, you have to be healthy, yep. you know what I mean? Working out, running, you know, eating the right things, those putting those right things in your body. And the last thing is soul mm. set. And soul set is remembering who you truly Oof. are. And so each morning he talks about how like that the whole concept of the morning routine and the, the 2020 formula is about protecting and working on those four interior empires. It's about taking care of yourself before you take care of everything and everyone else. And that will keep you consistent and confident and feeling good so that you can put that art into the world. So when I kind of got that book and I went through that, I was like, man, he is saying something to me that I've (laughs) never heard before. And it completely changed. Yeah, definitely. So talk to me about, let's talk about fashion for a little bit. I'm curious to know, kind of your journey in that and like you talked about you know being in poetry you talked about playing sports when did the fashion come into the play like when did that all start? yeah so let's see I've always had different canvases I think I chose clothing as a canvas 
when I stepped into high school, I think being in high school is kind of like that social game of like, okay, like, you know, what is everybody wearing? What is everybody doing? This, this, that, and the third. And I, in grammar school, I kind of had already established a style of like, oh, Kim be dressing like Kim. Like, she going to do some whole other stuff. And I was cool with that. I always was comfortable in my own skin and my own style. But then being in high school, it made me realize, like, okay, like, maybe I should, like, you know, take it a little bit deeper. And I realized that, you know, my style already was kind of, like, establishing who I went I was. But it wasn't telling enough of the story as I wanted it to at the time. And I think... um Around my sophomore year of high school, I had a really, you know, a serious conversation with myself. And I'm like, hey, do you really want to play basketball? Do you really want to be, you know, an athlete? Do you really want to marry yourself to this lifestyle? And I kind of, in the back of my head, I was just like, nah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to wear the the bogus athleisure wear all the time. I don't want to, like, no, I want to be more than that. So (laughs) me just wanting more for myself, it made me put more into my canvases and that just so happened to be clothing. So when I dropped basketball, I was like, okay, I'm just going to dress really good every day. And by me dressing really good every day, obviously I had to put my hands on it. So it it resulted in me starting to paint my clothes (laughs) and me painting my clothes really stemmed from the fact that my dad's a carpenter and I always had paint accessible to me. And I just like touching like anything that I can put my hands on. I love it. So when I started painting my clothes, people really started being like, hey, like you made that or somebody made that or just, you know, understanding the craftsmanship of what was on my back. And I was like, "Ooh, this is way better than any attention that I was getting from basketball. Like this is a this is a real dialogue (laughs) that I'm having with people like this is me spreading my ideas and my messages to people. This is deeper than rap. And. I think one of my first creations, I was really into the breakfast club in high school. One of my first creations was eat my shorts. And it was uh, just that simple principle of like, like, fuck the world. You know what I'm saying? And like, fuck the system. And I just, I always understand the villain of every story. And even in the breakfast club in the movie, it's like the guy, you know, the, I forgot what folks name is, but uh, even just that concept of eat my shorts was just like, I'm going to be myself every time. So I like the dialogue that fashion starts with people. And I like how it makes people pay attention a little bit more to, you know, just somebody in general. And I kind of got a little bit addicted to that feeling of like, okay, like when I step out, people are going to have a little bit more understanding of who I am based off of what I'm wearing. And I can control that narrative if I'm creating the clothes that I'm wearing. So it really, it made me understand the power of style. It made me understand the power of fashion. And it made me have a deeper, you know, look into just myself and what I wanted to represent into the world. Like I wasn't creating, you know, just pretty, dainty fashion to, you know, like, you know, look good and look, you look cute. It was more like, no, I want to make a statement piece. Like I want to make something that's going to really change like how somebody thought that day. So that's Hell what really, yeah. that's what kind of kept yeah. me in fashion. And even to this day, it, it kind of like keeps me coasting around that area where it's just like, no, I have a story to tell. And the same way that I would sit down and write on a piece of paper, I'm going to sit down and write on these clothes and make you understand like what what I want to get across, you know? 
A hundred. I actually feel like it gives me chills because I I know a little bit more than uh what you even mentioned. Like for me, I had the same journey into fashion in terms of I was a basketball player in junior year came around and I was like, yo, I don't just want to be known yeah. as a basketball player. Like I want to do something more. I want to you know figure out and I have a message that I want to spread and that's what got me into fashion, creating my first shirts, which are the Power Struggle shirts and like watching everyone else kind of experience that with me start the dialogue start talking about what i was talking we had a fist on these shirts like start talk like that dialogue and that power of okay like now we're starting conversations by the words that you're able to put onto this art that is like that's the root of why i fell in love with fashion as well and so I, like when you say that it's just hilarious to me because I felt the same way in terms of like don't just want to be a basketball player like I want to do more and then how can I you know express these ideas how can I take the problems going on in the world and start a conversation around that and I feel like that's that yeah. sounds incredible so what's the journey been like since then you moved to New York kind of talk about that I want to get into that like what brought you so you you talked about sophomore year kind of starting in fashion, obviously, what happened after that? And then how did you end up getting to New York? Oh, my God. My dog, he's hilarious. But, um, yeah, so sophomore year, uh, throughout high school, I really stayed consistent, you know, in Chicago with it. And I am so grateful for that because it made me really start taking my goals serious as a designer. And as a designer, I was like, okay, like I want to go to some type of secondary schooling or I want to just further my education on designing. And, you know, New York is like, you know, the fashion house of the world. So I immediately knew I was just like, okay, like if I am going to take this serious, then I should come to New York and I should, you know, really try to sharpen my skills in the biggest city in the world. And, you know, I always strive for that top. I'm like, no, I don't like I can keep learning in Chicago, but I want to be better. I always want to be better. So when I graduated high school, or not even when I graduated, but before I graduated, I applied to Parsons School of Design. I had gotten an internship with Adidas my junior year of high school um, just because of the level of consistency that I showed in Chicago. And my first time coming to New York, I was, you know, sponsored, you know, to, to really explore and to really, you know, dive into fashion in a whole different type of way. So it made me realize, like, okay, this is what I want to do, and this is where I want to do it. So being exposed to that early, it just really made it easy for, you know, post-high school. So as soon as I graduated high school, I came right out to New York. I had got into Parsons. I had uh, got a really good scholarship. So I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to take this leap. And being the first-generation college student, it was so essential for me to go to school. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. let me just try to go get this piece of paper at least try. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was my biggest thing. I want to just go try. So I moved to New York with three big luggages and I had just tried to make it work. And I was in school, you know what I'm saying? And before I was in like classes and everything, I wasn't making as many clothes. I wasn't, you know, spending time with myself as much. I was just focused on getting the grades, you know, waking up every day possibly get having a social life, that type of thing. But then I kind of like retracted as I was into classes and being like, okay, like there's really no difference between me and my professor other than they didn't stop. And I stopped being a student. So 
as a student in college, I was like, okay, I have to maintain my craftsmanship at all times. I have to keep creating. I have to keep pushing out, you know, as I was when I was in Chicago. Like, I've realized that in Chicago, there's a level of, like, hunger where it's like, okay, I have to get out of here. So then me coming to New York was like, okay, yeah, I can get out of Chicago. But then what's that? Now what? You know what I'm saying? So me being in New York has been such a journey, not only just for me, like as an individual, but, you know, me as an artist, it's like that level of like passion of like, why are you doing it? What are you doing it? And then just not getting caught up in the simulation that New York is, because there's so much going on here that it's so easy to lose your, your purpose or your passion. And it's been, it's been a lot, but I definitely know that me moving to New York has been so good for my spiritual health. It's been so good for my physical health. I don't feel like I have to like look over my shoulder all the time as I was at home. And it's just made my art easier to create. And that's one thing I'm really grateful for. Like, you know, technically I didn't really have to go to New York. I could have went anywhere else, but I knew that if I stayed in Chicago, my environment would continuously, you know, impact my art in a bad way or just in a more familiar way. And I was like, okay, I need to be exposed to new things all the time in order for my art to grow. So I'm, I'm grateful that I moved to New York and just that level of. Okay, cool. You good. But uh, okay. just that level of like continuously building is what I'm, I'm grateful for of New York. Like New York is always hustle bustle. So that's one thing I knew I had to come and just put myself in that environment, but I'm glad I didn't lose who I am within that. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like coming to New York, yeah. especially at like 18, 19 years old <laughs> is crazy. And like, for me, like I was in the suburbs in, in, in the DMV and then like New York is just a yeah. whole different beast. And there's, a uh, very like individual mm-hmm. aspect of things there's a very like everyone here seems like they're doing something yeah. or working on something and it like I was like all right what's well what am I gonna do or like what how is this gonna go for me and so I feel like New York just brings together the the level of the amount of people that are in a particular area I feel like you can just wake up and this can it can go any different direction on how it feeds you and I feel like for me at least it's drawn my creativity it's inspired my creativity in a lot of different aspects so what have you learned since being in new york over the last few years or like has anything like really changed about your purpose or your art or your mentality um how does how has new york impacted you know the last few years so with me moving to new york at 18 i finished a whole freshman year at, at parsons and that was like so intense it was a lot And being a student in New York is so hard. Nobody talks about that, but it's so hard. Um, And it was a lot for me at first. And I was like, I was running back to Chicago every month. I was like, oh, this is a lot. Like, you know, I need to I need to go back and like, you know, recharge that type of thing. But then the pandemic hit. And that's one thing I'm super grateful for, because I was over in New York. I was in Brooklyn specifically like, yo, I need some time to just like recharge and reset 
And then the pandemic hit, and I was in New York when it hit. I was literally in Brooklyn. Like, I was 20 <clears throat> minutes away from the Barclays Center. So being in New York when the pandemic hit really put things into perspective where it's like, okay, yo, this is the biggest city in, you know, the world almost. And the way that it shut down from the pandemic, it put a lot of shit into perspective where it's like, okay, what's really important? What do you really want to do? And, you know, it just, it, it made everyone sit with themselves. And I'm so grateful I was in New York during that time because it kind of made me just like ramp up a little bit more and be like, okay, like now I can really like go crazy into what I want to do. And I had stayed in New York probably like six months, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic when it was like really weird, like when nobody was going outside when it was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it was even a whole task just to go to the grocery store. So growing through that, it kind of made me be like, okay, like, what am I really doing all this for? And then I had really reminded myself of the purpose. Like, okay, I want to help, you know, just that next generation of Chicago kids that is going to translate into any kid, to be honest, later down the line. Like, if Chicago can do it, then the DMV can do it. If, you know, the DMV can do it, then New York can do it. So really kind of like understanding that circle that I was doing. And then it made me move back to Chicago, actually. So in between my time of living in New York, I have spent, you know, some time back in Chicago because I'm like, oh, like New York bills are crazy. Let me just go see if I can, you know, make something shake in yeah. Chicago. But then it also had me just coming right back to New York again because I'm like, I have all these resources and I've learned so much from this city that now going back to Chicago, I'm almost like underselling myself, you know? So I've had such an interesting relationship with New York that is, is still changing. And one thing I'm really grateful for and the biggest accomplishment that I've had out here is that I have created a space in Brooklyn that is not just home for me, but that is home for my team. And that's something that means the world to me. Like all five of us, there's four other team members in Shy Products. All five of us live in New York. And just that aspect where it's like, I came back to New York and I was like, hey, I'm not coming back by myself. I'm going to start that circle for somebody else to, you know, to understand where they want to be and to have a better environment that's not from where we're from. So when I moved back to New York, um, what was it? Let's see, September 2021. Moved, or no, it wasn't September, July. July 2021, I moved back to New York. And I came back with two of my friends. Shout out to Vivian and Carson. And I came back with them and we all moved to a three bedroom. And we we're like, hey, we're just going to make it work. Like, you know, we're, we're together. That's what matters. And we're just going to figure it out. And then as we were figuring it out, um, we slowly, you know, had the opportunity to move both of our other team members over here. And, you know, obviously with the hard work of themselves, they're all amazing individuals. But it's just that that simple simplicity where it's like I had to get out first to understand the environment of a new city. And then because I went back to my city and kind of like restarted that circle, now it has impacted four other lives outside of mine. And that's so huge 100%. to me because some people, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody would want to do that for some people that they have back at home. So that's one of my biggest accomplishments. The fact that it's not just me that made it out of Chicago, you know, and obviously we can go back and we're always from Chicago. It's not necessarily like we're, you know, never going back or anything. I literally go back 
next week. So it's just that simple fact of like, I'm giving, you know, kind of just like more of a map for people to be like, okay, like, yeah, I can go move to another city with my friends and we can make it work and we can all be a community in another city. So yes, my house is a little Chicago house. I love it so much. Um, even our dog is from Chicago. So it's just that level of finding community <laughs> and creating community in any other city. Like when we pop out, you know, like, yo, that's the whole Chicago crew, like all of them. It's that energy. So even that is so important to me. It's like, okay, like when I used to be out here in college by myself, it was like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. You know, yeah, Kim is from Chicago. It's like, I'm just me. But now it's like we're moving five deep. It's a whole different type of energy. So that is one of the biggest things and best things I've gotten out of New York. And honestly, I want to keep creating that circle. Like I want there to be internships for people in Chicago, the same way I had the opportunity to come out here and experience it. To just see if it's, you know, workable for other people and to just create those experiences in general. That's what shapes you as a human. So I'm so grateful for this experience that I'm in now. And I love coming home. That's like the best feeling. I love how you mentioned your people because that's so important. And it was actually <laughs> my next question. So that's hilarious. Um, I completely agree with you in terms of you the people around you, like the whole, you know, you are average of your five closest friends, like that's true. Like it, 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 it just is. And I feel like the way, like my friends, I moved out here to New York and I didn't know anyone, like knew zero people at my school. And I'm like, damn, like I met, met like Robinson on Instagram, like before we came out here and I'm like, all right, like how is this going to go? And like everyone that I met, like when, from the first day, like moving day on, like we have still remained friends. I'm like, we're as close as ever. And they have allowed me to be myself. And like the reason why I've even gotten into back into business is because Rob started his brand. And I feel like the same thing goes to everyone else. It's like, we all feed off of each other and we all bring each other up. And I feel like you need that because you need people that are doing similar things in you. You need people that are passionate about different things in you. You need people to to support you and you need to support other people. You need people to learn from, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I definitely think that that's one of the most important things. So kind of talk to me about that transition, everyone coming back and how it's helped you all and what you all have been able to accomplish definitely. together over the so last few years. One of our, or not one of them, but all three of our um, C's for Shy Products is creativity, clothing, and community. So that's what we're about every day. Like we're the creative bunch. We're going to be focused on community and we're going to do it probably through clothing. So understanding why we are a group and understanding why we are, you know, even just deeper than the business, like why we are friends is because our goals align. And that's something I'm so serious about. Anybody around me, whether it be friend, business, romantic, our goals have to be aligned. If we don't want to do the same thing, if you're not trying to save the world too, then we're not going to get along very well. Or we're just not, it's not going to be sustainable type thing. So me finding my soul tribe, which I'm so grateful for, has really made it clear where it's like, okay, there are other people in the world that want to change things for the better. There are other people in the world that want to like, you know, dip and dabble into other mediums. They don't want to just be one thing in this, in this society. Um, 
it's inspiring, like you said, and it just puts things into perspective of like, like you said, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. So I think community is one of the biggest levels of inspiration that I, you know, always have. And creating the community in New York was so was so essential. And even just maintaining that community, like, you know, friendship is a constant thing. You have to continuously feed into it like anything else, like yourself, anything else. So community is so important to us. Anywhere we go, we're trying to spread that level of like, no, it should be a community. You know, everything should really even just a human race. Like we're all one. We're all one. So yeah, you know, the community. That's really the biggest the biggest word is community. We are always trying to embody that. Not just embody it, but promote it because it's so key. Like you can't do anything without community. It takes a village for anything. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, it's been it's been fantastic speaking with you. I only have a, a few more questions, like a little more of a little speed round to, to end this off. One thing that I'm interested in is I, I read something and I can't remember exactly what it was, but you're talking about balance. And for me, that's something that I just, I have not gotten in control of in terms of, you know, I even went so hard, I burned out for a while, right? And then there's times where it was hard to get it back. And then, you know what I mean? Just balancing even working versus you know going out and and just experiencing your day and having fun and you know people always talk about balance in a lot of different concepts what is balance to you or like what 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 do you definitely so i think when it comes to balance i try to you know really set back to those in those four what is it called the four Interior empires. Interior I, I empires. look at that for yeah. anything. And I think the first one, I try to always think about soul, like spiritual soul balance. I always want to be prayed up. You know, I don't care who you pray to. I don't care, you know, what you believe in. Just speak positively into the world and speak positively to yourself. That's so key. You're not going to get anything done if you don't you know, understand what you're doing and why you're doing it for. And then balance physically. I try to go to the gym every day. You know, people that go to the gym, they they say that it's more mental than physical sometimes. And I agree. So it's like, if you are not taking care of your vessel, if you're not taking care of your body, then how do you expect to get anything done? And then I go, you know, into emotional and just mental stability. Like if I'm, if my heart is naturally aching that day, then I'm going to try to be around something that is going to fill my heart up with positive things. I often ask myself, like, okay, if you feel one way, how can we, like, what is the solution? I'm always thinking about, you know, solution-based. So, yeah, balance is about, first, just that honesty. Like, being honest with yourself. How do you really feel? What do you really want to do? What did, what did you do? You know what I'm saying? It's like that honesty is so key. And that's how you come up with the best solutions is being honest with yourself about the problem at hand. So I've gotten really good at just having that honest dialogue with myself and being like, okay, I don't want to do work today. But then that means you have to do work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And just breaking up the days even in half sometimes is really helpful. So balance has been, it's something, you know, everyone's going to be figuring it out. God forbid, you know, there's something that comes up, you know, 
that that throws my balance off but it's about embracing the bumps as well that's one thing that i've learned with balance is like half of balance is the bullshit it's that negative stuff that nobody wants to deal with it's not about the the rainbows and the sunshine all the time so it's like balance is really embracing the bumps and really riding the waves out and being like okay if there's a up then there's a down even the fact that we're in a recession i'm like okay everybody broke right now but soon everybody's gonna be up you know what i'm saying like so it's just that (laughs) aspect of like you know like the optimism and really kind of like using the positive as a motivator to be like okay yeah shit is negative now or shit is not where i want it to be now but tomorrow i'm gonna just use this you know, use this fuel and use this motivation to be where I want to be and to get where I want to get. And yeah, the, the riding the waves, the bumps, it's, it's, it's chess, not checkers. That's a fantastic, that's a fantastic answer. My next question to you is what is Woo! success? I think for me, and I think everyone has a different definition of this, success for me is continuing to have a positive legacy. I, I obviously everybody wants financial freedom. You know, everybody wants to make their parents proud. This is that and the third. But if I have a positive legacy, you know, such as somebody like Malcolm X, such as somebody like Muhammad Ali, such as like these are people that I look up to and I, I look towards every day to be like. So as long as I am leaving a good mark on the world, you know, while I'm here and when I'm gone, then I'm successful. I'm green. I've gotten everything I wanted to get done. That's incredible. That's incredible. And my my last question to you is what would what would be kind of the one thing that you would say to the younger version of yourself or the next generation? Like if you can give them one piece of advice, what would that be? Trust yourself. And I say that with my chest because sometimes the biggest person that I've doubted in the room has been myself. That little voice that you have in your chest is the closest thing you have to God. Trust yourself. Your internal compass is so key. And the more that I've listened to myself, the more positive things have came out of life in, in a whole. So I always I always trust myself and I always try to just do right by people. I've always, you know, just do right. Do the right thing. I know sometimes doing bullshit is easier. And I'm talking to little little Kamisha for real right now. Sometimes the bullshit is easier. Do the right thing. If it takes a long time, just do it. You have time. Trust yourself. That's it. Kim, it's been incredible speaking with you. Thank you so much for for coming on this show. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. I love the podcast and I appreciate all the good questions. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, this was a fantastic episode of Game of Power. And where can we find your contact information where like Definitely. You so you can find me on you. Instagram at Kim Apani. You can find me on TikTok at Almighty Apani. And you can go on our, any of our websites. We have a ChicagoCreatesLegends.com, KimApani.com, ChicagoStressedBrand.com. All of that's going to bring you to the source. So, yeah, definitely, you know, continue to check in with us and see how we grow. Thank Love you. It. All right, Kim, have a fantastic day.